Okay, well, it is my joy to welcome you to our Parenting on Purpose class. We are so happy to be here together. Um, and really, you can one, two, grab a seat. Check one, two, check, check, check. And we are going to get the joy of hearing from Eric and Mary Wynn today. And I know, I, uh, I think that one of, the, one of the greatest things about Eric and Mary Wynn, there's a lot of great things. I've known them for many years. Um, I actually met Eric, I think I met you when you were a freshman in high school. Um, and so, but one of the things is they are obviously wildly talented people, but the character and the depth of their hearts is what is so special about them. And I felt so excited to get them in front of us today and get to process a little bit from the view of parents who are currently deep in the weeds of some parenting to get to hear what some of the practical things and the philosophical things that they are doing in their home that have been beneficial in the discipleship of their own children. One of the things that we've thought as we got this class going was that our heart behind it is to say to any parent, and really any spiritual parent to that matter, it's never too early to begin discipling your child, and it's never too late to begin discipling your child. That, that there is always a role to play, whether it's through prayer or encouragement or just investing in the people around you, that it's never too early or too late. So we're going to get to hear from Eric and Mary Wynn, and I'll just pray to get us started, okay? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the gift it is to be a part of a body where we learn from each other. And I just thank you for the perfect father that you are to us. God, we come to you on behalf of all of our children who are represented in this room. It's crazy to think about everyone that you know. And God, we pray that you would be at work in drawing them to yourself and that you would use our day today to give us your mind and your heart as we seek to love and parent the children that you've entrusted to us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Well, I also want to thank you for Eric and Mary Wynn. <laughs> they are just the best. And I pray that you would lead their words and, God, that you would encourage them through our time together, too. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're first. You're right, first. Go. Here we go. Yeah, I was like, you're, gonna, you're definitely going to have to speak first. So you, you take it away. All right. Um, the good news is that uh, we know most of you guys, so this is not my favorite thing to do, to get up and talk in front of people, but um, it does kind of feel like having a conversation with friends. But for those of you who don't know us, we are Eric and Mary Wynn Imhoff. Eric's the good-looking guy up on the stage who plays the guitar. Um, oh, do we have a picture? Is Caleb, is Caleb back there? Oh, can, you, can you just hit that, just click on that very next slide. It should be a picture. Hey, Landon, can you go up there until Caleb gets back? If Landon's in here, sorry. Sorry, Landon. <laughs> so Eric and Mary Wynn, we have four kids. Um, Camp, who's seven. Roe, who's five. Mary Mack is three. And Winnie, she'll be two in January. Um, so we have really been loving these Parenting on Purpose classes, this yep. series that we've been doing. Um, Eric and I said to Dave and Melissa, we were like, man, these talks have been so good. We've, we've been eating this up. We love it. Uh, we would really love to hear next time from somebody who's just like in the thick of it, you know? Like we just want to hear somebody share on that. And uh, they came back to us and they said... We found them. <laughs> it's you guys. You guys. So be careful what you ask for uh, or say that you want because you may volunteer yourself. Um, so that's who we are. We're, we're passionate about talking... We're passionate about talking about this. We've kind of talked about this with our life group on and off for the past year. And um, 
we've just had some really, really good conversations with our life group um, about parenting and what that looks like for, for us. Um, so that is who we are. Who we aren't, we are not perfect parents. I will tell you that. I told Eric I kind of wanted to put up a video of like all of our major flaws or really bad parenting moments. Um, we didn't do that, but we're not claiming that we have got it figured out. We're not claiming that you have to do what we do. Um, and we're certainly, we're not counselors, but we do know of a good one. Uh, if you want his number, tell him we sent you. Yeah, so we can get a so discount we can get next a time discount we go. Next time we go. Um, but that is kind of who we are. And we're not, and, and obviously, you, as you can tell, we're also not Tim. And I think, you know, we just... We want to be humble as we, like, step into this platform that Tim is normally, like, the, the main voice. And we just want you guys to know, like, what we have to offer you is what we feel like are um, practical parenting thoughts that we feel are very much in line with what we believe the scriptures teach us about being parents and about being Christians and Christ followers. Um, but we're also not Tim, and so those words are going to come out differently, and the class is going to feel this, this time is just going to feel a little bit different. So give us grace, uh, be patient with us, and, and come along with us. Um, and, you know, kind of as I was thinking, mulling over the parenting on purpose thing um, over the past few weeks, uh, it really, this, this thought kept coming to mind of like, what is parenting, parenting to me? And uh, I wanted to share with you guys uh, what really just what, what I came up with as uh, what parenting is to me. Parenting to me is making empty threats at screaming children while you're waiting in the Chick-fil-A parking lot for your order. <laughs> Parenting to me is realizing that my toddler has pooped in her diaper and then choosing to leave the room so that my wife will find that and have to change her instead of me. Parenting to me is trick-or-treating with a baby who can't walk, can't talk, or eat solid food just because you want the free candy. Parenting to me is abstaining from a drink at dinner, not because I'm responsible, but because it would literally put me to sleep at the table. <laughs> Parenting to me is catching my child, defecating in the backyard. <laughs> because if the dog can do it, why can't I? <laughs> Parenting to me is spending way too much time making half-baked har- well, Mary Wynn, spending way too much time, because she's an amazing cook, making half-baked harvest, only for your toddler to use it as wall paint and then give the rest of it to your dog. Parenting to me is wishing that a bus would hit your dog so that you'd have one less mouth to feed. <laughs> Parenting to me is drinking enough coffee in a day to kill a small horse. It's realizing that Daniel Tiger has his life more figured out than I do. And it's arguing with a three-year-old because the only way to stop a bully is to confront them. Um... <laughs> But, you know, we, like, this is where we're coming from. Uh, like, just thinking about all those funny stories, then all those things are, most of those things really are true and really do happen. Uh, and so, in, that, in light of that, Caleb, go up forward a couple slides. We came up with a great tagline for this time, Parenting on Purpose. Go ahead. Because you can't have them by accident. You can have them by accident, but you can't raise them by accident. And in light of that, we, kind of our first thing that we want to encourage you guys with is we love the stories. Um, we love the stories of our kids and our family and our time together. And we want to encourage you right out of the gate um, 
to know your story and to tell your story. Um, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot in, as a couple and even more so in our life group, whenever we get into like the Old Testament as a church, we're always talking in our life group about how crazy it is that like, gosh, in one chapter, you have God's people being saved, being rescued. God is clearing a path. God is conquering. God is, you know, victorious and it benefits his people. And then like you turn the page and what do you see? And Israel forgot what God had done. Israel turned away from the Lord. And really the first like practical thing that we want to encourage you guys with is what is your story? Do you know, and we want to encourage you to know your story and we want to encourage you as people and especially as parents to tell your story. Because the truth is we live in this kind of social media culture, right? Like we're on our phones all the time. We're on social media. If you're older, you, maybe you're on Facebook. If you're in our season of life or stage, maybe you're on Instagram. And if you're younger, I don't know, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> but the truth is, like, we all know how easy it is to fall into the trap of seeing this curated, filtered content and starting to compare yourself to all the stuff that you're seeing. Our encouragement to you is that the community here Specifically, the community of parents, and especially the community of young parents or parents, uh, parents that are yet to be, like folks who are married or hoping to have kids in the future. They need, we need, your stories. Because it's really easy, it's really easy to forget. It's really easy to look. Like, it's not a keeping up with the Joneses that are your next-door neighbors thing anymore. It's, I see all these people on Instagram and their life looks perfect. I see all these people doing this, that, and the other. Why can't I? Or why does my family look this way? But, but I'm seeing this, this idea of perfection seemingly all around me. You have so much to offer in your story, um, especially if you walk with a limp, like especially if your story, which m most of us do, I would, I would guess all of us do, have been marked by some kind of adversity, some kind of challenge in our lives. And that is important for you to share with the community and encourage, especially those parents and especially parents of young kids. And secondly, uh, your story is important for your family. You know, it's interesting to me, if you've ever heard a testimony of someone who be, has begun a relationship with Jesus, who's been walking with the Lord for a while, I've heard a lot of those. And almost every single one begins with the same statement. Anybody want to take a crack at what, it, what that is? I grew up in a something home or family. And I've noticed this trend over years and years and years of being a Young Life leader and Young Life staff and just being in Christian community of like, oh my gosh, our stories, our testimonies, we kind of always start them with, this was the home I grew up in. This was the family that I grew up in. We want to tell good stories to our kids. Like your story will become your kid's story, or at least the beginning of that story that they tell when they say, I grew up in a home. So remember your story, know your story, and tell your story to others, to the community, but also to your kids. And we mean that, like, we don't mean that as like a, you know, I don't know, just like as like some fake throwaway point. We mean that literally. It looks different at different stages of life 
and you have to be age appropriate when you're sharing your story with your kids, but they need to know who we are, where we came from, what our family story is, because our story will become the foundation for their story. Yeah, so we'll share a little bit of our story real quick before we um, dive into more stuff. I know you better be concise. She's going to like, yeah, she's going to tap me on the shoulder so nicely. I'll do this. This is what I'll do. Um, So our story is uh, briefly, Eric and I, we were 21 and 22 when we got married. Um, I remember at some point in premarital counseling with Justin Betsy Carlson, uh, Eric said, yeah, no, I don't really know if I want to have kids, but... uh, maybe in like 10 years. So we were, he was 22, you know, 32. That sounds like a good time to have kids. Um, if at all. I said 10 years if If, if at all. And I knew that I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have a lot of them and knew that we would make it, we would make it work. Um, so we go on our honeymoon, we come back, and what do you know, four weeks later, um, we get the surprise of our lives because we were doing natural family planning. Right. And everybody knows what you call people who do natural family planning. Parents. Parents. Um, so we get the surprise of our lives that, what do you know, we are pregnant. Um, and yeah, we were, we were shocked for sure. I remember crying on uh, the Fetzer's porch. I mean, <laughs> sobbing. Like, this was not, we were not excited. We were, we were upset. We, I remember saying to Eric, we don't even know how to be married yet. We're going to get divorced. How are we going to be parents? Uh, but Becky Fetzer reminded me, a baby is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, to, so to be concise, um, we find out, you know, this life-changing news that we're going to be parents. And then in a matter of weeks, we find out, you know, further life-changing news that our baby is sick. Um, and, as that story continues to unfold, you know, we find out, okay, she's probably not going to make it. Um, <clears throat> you were supposed to tell this part. I know. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so. I got it. <clears throat> okay. So we didn't really want to be parents. We were parents. And then we were told, you're not going to get to be parents. Um, and Eva Grace passed away when I was uh, 30 weeks pregnant. We delivered her, um, and we had 18 hours with her. A lot of you got to hold her and meet her. Um, several of you did. Um, and, yeah, that, that rocked us for sure. And that is a huge, huge part of our story and part of us becoming parents. Um, so moving forward, we, we did a lot of, like, sitting on the couch crying in that time. All I, I remember just sitting on the couch, looking out at our front door and just sobbing for what felt like weeks. Um, we go to our six-week postpartum appointment, as one does after they have a baby. Keep in mind, we are still newlyweds at this point. And I tell my OB, I say, um, I think I'm pregnant. And he said, no, you're not. He said, but I'll test you because I don't want to be the dummy who doesn't test you. But he said, I I don't think you are. And sure enough, what do you know, six weeks postpartum, I was pregnant. Uh, And that is Campbell Gray Imhoff. Um, And so, yes, we keep, you help me out here. Yeah, I mean, well, we're, like like we said, you know, we're going to try to keep moving concisely through this because... There are other things we want to talk about with you guys, but um, we want you to know 
we want you to know our story, like in kind of in line with what we just shared of like, hey, know your story and tell it. This is, this is our story. Like there are a lot of things that we've been through in our own personal lives, but losing Eva Grace was the, like that's why we walk with a limp today is, is that. Um, but it's also the, like this, it was the source of the deepest pain we've ever felt, like by a lot. But it also became this incredible source of joy and redemption and restoration and, and newness and, and change for us. Um, our, our, our lives and our normal and our day-to-day and everything from there has never looked the same. We now have four kids, seven, five, three, and, and one. Um, and it's been such a joy. Like God giving us camp was so, it didn't fix everything, but it was it was just, we really could see the blessing of him for, for what it was. Um, and so, did you have anything else that you wanted to throw in kind of about our... Yeah, just that I know that we're not the only people in the yeah. room who have, yes. like, a hard story to parenthood. Um, I know lots of you guys have lost babies or struggled to get pregnant, or it, it has looked different for everybody. But um, for us, remembering how we got there has been, has been huge in our walk in parenthood and part of the healing and part of the healing of that like if you're sitting in the room and and you have a a similar story you know part of the healing of that is you don't have to get up in front of a lot of people and tell that story but telling that story like allowing yourself to have some wounds that you know don't don't hurt as much every day as they used to but allowing yourself to go back into places of vulnerability, whether it's with your family or close friends or, what, or whatever it is. All right, we got to keep moving yeah, yeah, here. Sorry, 1023. Sorry. Sheesh. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I imagine a room this size, especially with such a well-read room like this. Do we have some folks in here who know the author Bob Goff, right? Love does. Anybody? He was less people than I thought. You know, so Bob Goff was an author. He wrote this book, Love Does. It was super popular when we were coming out of college. And I remember in the book, one of the big things that he talked about was the 10-year-old adventure, right? And Bob Goff was just this guy that would just go do these extravagant things. He would just do these, that was like kind of his thing, these wild and crazy things. And then, you know, so we were reading, so we we're coming from like, we've read books like this. When we started uh, having kids, we were getting books like, you know, Baby Wise, right? That's probably a book in this room that a lot of people have gotten. And we start reading all these books and looking at all these people and piecing together our view of like, well, this is the jigsaw puzzle of what parenting should look like for us. Well, we started, we didn't have enough money to like do anything extravagant. And we read Baby Wise and we did Baby Wise for six days. (laughs) And then it was like crushing us trying to like live up to all these things that we thought because we were, we were looking at all these mountaintop type things, these really hard things, these big deal things as like, this is, must be what parenting is. And the realization that we have come to, and, and specifically because of one of our favorite books that Mary Wynn will share about in just a second, um, is that it is in the normal that you build the liturgy for your family. It's not, you know, the, one of my favorite Ben Rector lyrics of all times is, it's not the mount- life is not the mountaintops. It's the walking in between, and I like you walking next to me. Um, the truth is that the vast majority of our formational parenting is in the normal. It's in the routines that we set. 
It's in the words that we say. It's in the habits that we form. And you know this. Like, we, we know this because we read business books. Some of us read business books. I don't read. I listen to books like if you've listened to Atomic Habits, you know, you are your habits. It's really easy for us to kind of cling on to this idea when we're looking at it from, the, from this entrepreneurial perspective, or I want to be a better employee or businessman or, or woman or whatever. But then, like, I kind of shut my brain off to that reality when I'm at home. But if it's true out there, it's that much truer at home. It's that much truer in your family. You're, the truth is that your normal might feel like background noise and white noise in your life, but really, you don't fall into a normal. A normal gets established. It gets established slowly. It gets established through repetition. Normal is hard to change. Normal is a purposeful thing. Whether it's good or bad, like we find ourselves in our normal with our family for, for a reason. And so some questions that I would love for you to just be turning over in your head are, what is your normal as a family? How do you, what's your normal in your marriage? How do you wake up in the mornings? Like that's a silly one, but how do you wake up? I wake up angry. I don't like waking up. I hate waking up. I wake up, I'm an angry riser. I have to get up before everyone else because I have to go somewhere and get that all out of my, out of my system. But legitimately, what's normal for you as parents? What's normal for your meal times, your road trips? What's normal for when you have discipline, you know, when you have to discipline your children? Um, before I turn it over to Mary Wynn, the, when we were on our trip in California recently, we we're in... Well, Seth, we, we went on a trip to California, Sorry. 16 days of uh, camping and hiking with our four children, seven, five, three, and It one. was wild. So just to set that it up. It was wild. Yeah, it was wild, but it was really fun. But also, like, you're spending five hours at a time in the car with those children all the way on the other side of the country after hiking and camping and, you know, all this stuff with luggage piled up to the ceiling of your car. There were difficult moments. I don't handle difficult moments well. Mary Wynn, this is like, we kind of like have a good parent, bad parent, good cop, bad cop dynamic in our marriage. And I'm the one who just like, I get, I mean, the car, I'm sure none of you have ever experienced this. You're in the car and you've made so many threats at your children that you're starting to spout things that are just completely illogical, you know? <laughs> like, you're starting to say things like, you're, you're, you can't talk for two days, you know? Like, <laughs> things that are just absurd. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and that's where I will get. And that's where I was. And I remember, I'll remember there was a night that we were in Sequoia National Park and I just realized that... This wasn't an exceptional thing for me. This had become my normal of missing out on my kids because what was normal for me was to miss the sweetness, the goodness, because I would let some little thing or a big thing ruin it for me. And I would get so frustrated. And I remember sitting outside one night, it was late at night at the park, and one of my very good friends in town is uh, a, a great friend of mine. He's in, actually in recovery and doing really well. And, and, and I remembered this prayer that he told me about um, as he was kind of telling me about what it was like to walk through recovery. And it was the serenity prayer. And that prayer is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think I prayed that prayer 10,000 times while we were on our trip. But we want to encourage you guys that like, that's for me, that's what it took 
was a realization that it's not my worst moments. It's not the best moments. It's, gosh, what? Oh, this is my normal. So, Eric talked about this book a little bit. Um, is one that we've been reading and reread several times. We kind of just keep it out at this yeah. point. Uh, it's called Habits of the Household. I am not like I'm not a big reader. I wish I was, um, but this one is worth it to me. It's Habits of the Household by Justin Early. If you need a well, I I think everybody should go on Amazon and order it. Um, but there's this quote in the book, which I think we have a yeah. slide for it. Um, yeah. I'm going to read it. It says, understanding that family habits are family liturgies clarifies where the work of worship and spiritual formation are actually happening in the normal. For the most part, this, the place for this work is not in the moments we set aside as spiritual. It is rather in the messy day-to-day patterns that the real work of of spiritually formative parenting is done. And I love this quote. This was so freeing for me to read of like, I think I've always had this idea that like I need to sit down with my kids and have some big like spiritual conversation with them and like that's where the spiritual formation is going to happen. But the reality is, is that it's in the it's in the day-to-day, it's in the, like Eric said, it's in the walking, the in-between of um, mm-hmm. just the, of the normal. Um, and to us, that's been, that's been really freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so kind of in light of that, sorry, I have a lot to, in, in light of that, um, one of our other big things that we really believe in as a family and that we're passionate about for our family is doing hard things together. Um, Mary Wynn mentioned we were on this trip to California um, we, a lot of times, uh, our, I feel like our family motto oftentimes is bite off more than you can chew. Um, and while we were out there, we took our kids on a hike. We're like, guys, sunset hike. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go up to this 360 view. It's going to be gorgeous. It was a long, strenuous hike up. I'm carrying Mary Mack. Mary Wynn is carrying Winnie in her backpack. And then the boys are just like, they're crushing it. They're just skating up the mountain like there it was amazing we get up to the top of this beautiful 360 degree sunset hike and this is what we see look at that sunset literally nothing so yeah isn't that so awesome um we could have been 10 feet off the ground like literally you go to the edge of the rock and it was like the mist is there you could have been 10 feet off the ground. We spent hours getting to there. Um, <laughs> and then um, the fog moves in. The sun sets. We didn't see it, but I think it happened. It, the temperature drops about 15 degrees. We don't have enough food. We don't have warm enough clothes. And it's now dark. And this is about the state of things then. <laughs> poor little buddy. He was <laughs> poor little buddy. That hike... Uh, I end up carrying Mary Mack on my back and Roe on my shoulders. Mary Mack, who's 55 pounds. Roe, who's right. 65 And we're like pounds. running down the mountain, like trying to play like dumb games and sing songs with the no, kids. I Meanwhile, was, Mary Wynn is like looking for things, bears. Looking for bears, <laughs> like talking as loud as I could to make sure I scared off all the bears. And listen, that was hard. Um, we're not saying you have to do that. <laughs> but I will tell you what was really, really cool at the end of that hike was to get back to the car And before our kids passed out in the car, to be able to say to them, hey, we're really proud of you. That was really hard. And we're really proud of you. And and 
sometimes we'll say to our kids, hey, what, what do we as a family do? And sometimes our kids will respond, we do hard things together. Um, but we know that more so what it is, is we're talking about doing hard things in the day-to-day. Mary Wynn is trying to figure out homeschooling for the kids. She works a job. She does cream and crumb. She spends all day with our children. She serves. She does so many things. And it's really, really hard. One of the ways we want to encourage you guys to think through doing hard things with your kids uh, practically is through the easiest thing in the world, mealtime. Because you got to eat a few times a day. And our encouragement to you would be maybe mealtime is where you get it done. Um, I'm not sure what y'all's mealtimes look like. Ours, I blow a whistle and ring a bell and our kids come down like the Von Trapp children in Lederhosen (laughs) and they wait on me hand and foot. (laughs) In reality, our kids come down usually naked from wherever they were doing God knows what. And then they proceed to either devour food like piranhas and fight over things like cups of water, which you're like, well, how did I raise these children to fight over cups of water? Or if you, if you are parents of young kids, you know this, or they become Gordon Ramsay and this is Hell's Kitchen and your food is garbage, <laughs> worthless garbage. Cook it again, you know, literally slamming it on the ground <laughs> in tears. <laughs> that was all I had for there. <laughs> You just really wanted this to say that, didn't you? Yeah. So, yes, this idea of sitting down for mealtime, this isn't new information yeah. to anybody. Like, we know any parenting book you're going to read is going to say, you know, sit down for weekly dinners with your kids and the importance of that. So this is not some, like, new thing that Eric and Mary Wynn have come up with. Um, but what we do know is that... Um, It can be hard, and when we get busy, it's usually the first thing to go. Um, I follow this girl on Instagram, Naptime Kitchen, if any of you guys are on Instagram. She talks about um, making meals attainable for your family all the time, which is so refreshing. She, She talks about Pasta Monday, and she says, you know what? You get a bag of noodles, and you get a jar of sauce, And it's Pasta Monday, and everybody loves it, and it's just something easy to do. It doesn't have to be half-baked harvest all the time. It doesn't matter what you're eating. It just matters that you're showing up and you're sitting down with your family. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? You're doing great. Yeah. You look great. Oh, thanks. You're you're so sweet. Um, But, yes, our point is, is that, that mealtime, sitting down with your family, it's not always easy. And like he said, it, it, it is, it's not pretty. It's, it's messy usually. Um, but showing up, is, showing up is the important part. Yeah, and, and you know, like we had kind of talked about earlier with you know, writing the, the liturgy of our family, um, so much of what we do, I mean, we all, we're all adults in this room, so, and you know that so much of what we do is either A, because of our parents, like, oh, like, well, my parents did this, and I love that, and so we do that. Or B, in response to something from, you know, your own childhood or family or household, whether that be good or bad. And so we want to encourage you guys, like, we would love to encourage you to set this up as like, hey, it's hard. Hard isn't bad. We want to separate those two words, and we want to take the equal sign out from the middle of them. Hard doesn't equal bad. 
And I know from having young kids and from, you know, speaking with other families of young kids, sometimes it can just get really easy to focus on like, well, this is so hard, this is so hard, this is so hard, this is so hard. And pretty quickly that word in your head stops meaning difficult, challenging, adversity, and starts meaning, well, I guess I can't say the word I was going to say. It just starts meaning like this is the worst. This is bad. Right? And we would encourage you guys that like mealtime, so he talks about this in the book, and we would agree with him on this, that mealtime is uh, a keystone habit. So mealtime is the kind of habit that if you form this particular habit, other habits are going to flow out of it naturally. It's like going to the gym. If you can get yourself to the gym, you're probably going to do something, right? Like it is, and once you start going to the gym, then you're all of a sudden you're like, well, now that I'm going to the gym, maybe I'll eat healthier or whatever these other habits are that you form because you start doing the one that kind of begets the others. We see this as one of those habits. Eric and I um, led Young Life for, we've led, led Young Life through college and um, he was on Young Life staff. And one of the things that we used to do with Young Life kids was when we'd have hard conversations or just really any kind of meaningful conversation with high school kids, we'd always take them to go do something. So it'd be like, we'd take them to go play Frisbee golf or we'd go, I don't even, we'd do the dumbest things, but we would always feed them. We'd feed them. Yeah. We would be doing something with them. And then the conversations, they kind of flowed more naturally. And so we think that sitting down for mealtime is an opportunity for genuine conversation. Like that, for, mm-hmm. for our family, when they're not being hyenas, that is where we have the really good conversations with our kids. Um, they practice praying. We talk about hard things like Eva Grace, but we're all doing it around a meal. We're doing something together. It just kind of lowers the bar for having real conversations with our kids. Yeah, I think we, like, we cannot emphasize enough just the... I mean, just the the number of times that you're sitting there. I mean, for us, specifically with Eva Grace, we talk to our kids about Eva Grace all the time. And whenever they want to talk about Eva Grace, we talk about Eva Grace, and we don't pull punches. We tell them what they want to know. Um, And just the amount of times that we'll be sitting at dinner, and Roe or someone will just say, like, we'll be praying for, oh, Papa Quig, pray for honey, no, 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 pray for, you know, and you're just praying for all the people. And one of our kids will be like, and God, like, thank you for Eva Grace. Like, we can't wait to see her again. Just like little things like that where you're like, that, it's organic. It happens on their own. But it doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. It happens slowly over time. Um, and so our, did you have something else you were going to say? Or can I move on? Let's keep going. Our um, encouragement for kind of the different groups in the room would be this. If you're a noob, like if you're just starting to have kids or thinking about it, our encouragement to you would be to start right have a plan. Talk to your spouse and don't be discouraged. Don't compare yourselves to other. But, but look at this as something that, gosh, you, you're at the beginning of this great adventure with your family. Talk to your spouse like, hey, what do we, what do we want mealtimes to look like in our family? What do mealtimes look like in your family growing up? What they looked like in mine? Whatever. For, uh, for the parents who are in the foxhole with us right now in the fight, shoulder to shoulder, the madness of like the kids that are a little bit ahead of those times, our encouragement to you would be start somewhere. Sit down with your spouse and talk about it. 
and, and, and see, is there a starting point? We're not saying, oh gosh, like we have to scrap everything and have 21 meals a week with our kids. <laughs> but our encouragement to you would be to start somewhere. And for the parents of older kids, um, and, and it's, I would kind of say copy and paste the last part, but for y'all especially, as kids are, because a lot of y'all's kids are doing like travel sports and school events and all these things that like, gosh, their life starts to really, really fill up. My encouragement to you would be to count the cost of, the, of a missed opportunity to have a meal with your children. And here's why I say this. I was the travel sports kid. I played four, season, four seasons a year. We were playing soccer. You know, we were playing travel. We were playing school. We were going to all the, you know, we were going all over the place for it. And it was hardcore and it was fun. It was great. But I encountered a family when I was in high school. After I became a Christian, I had become friends, good friends with uh, these two guys and their parents were Scott and Carolyn McLucas. Many of y'all know Scott and Carolyn. If you don't, uh, he's a pastor in, in Botetot. And I would be over at their house and they would sit down to eat a meal together. And like at first it was like, I would look at them like, what are you doing? Like, and then over time, slowly I would start to see the, the habits of their household. And I was like, and I would just, I would just kind of sneak in and sit at the table. And I caught myself being kind of drawn to this family and then just basically saying like, I'm just, inter- and then just interjecting myself into their, into their family and being like, I'm, I'm part of this now. But it was, but the things that really drew me to them were not like, oh, Scott is a great preacher because I wasn't a Christian and I wasn't interested in that. The things that drew me to them were like, you guys talk. Like you guys get together sometimes and you sit and you share things. TV's not. And the TV isn't on. Um, and so I was that kid. And so for you, for you parents who are, uh, parents of kids who are a little further along, I know it's hard, but as that kid, I would encourage you to count the cost of the missed opportunity there. We had to keep rolling here. We've got a couple Do more it. minutes. So our next so thing that we were talking about is uh, hospitality because what could possibly yeah. be better than the chaos of the family meal is bringing somebody else into that. Um, it's, we were talking about this last night saying it's, it's, not as hard as, it's not as hard as you think. We're not moving mountains to make this happen. We're adding a chair at our table. Um, and that makes it, I think, a lot more attainable to think about is adding a chair. You're probably already cooking dinner for your family. And to invite someone else into that is, um, is it's, it can be pretty easy. And the, the thing is, is something that you could do tomorrow. Right. Um, we talked about doing... We, for like a family of six. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> oh, have us over for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Becky Fetzer did tell me one time when I told her we wanted to have four kids, she said, do you like going to people's houses for dinner? She said, people don't invite people with six kids, four, six people in their family over for dinner. So, yeah. Um, but Eric and I are always, we're looking for ways to do ministry with our kids. And there really aren't a ton of opportunities to do ministry as a family. Um, but this is a really easy, yeah. practical one. And like I said, one that you could literally do tomorrow. Um, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It can look like a big batch of soup and paper bowls and plastic spoons. Um, 
-hmm. It can be, yeah, as easy as that, inviting someone, inviting people into your home. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I think it was Mike and Sheena Massey who were telling us this, but as we were talking about parenting with them one time and, and talking about hospitality, because it's something that we think that they do really, really well. And so we're always like, tell us. Like, give us, give us the nuggets of wisdom here. And I remember, I think it was them that said, like, become the house that your kids' friends want to gather in. He's, you know, not because you're just pumping them full of junk food or not because you're showing them R-rated movies or anything like that, but become the kind of place that is attractive for your friends and for their friends to come so that you can love on them so that you can be in community with them, so that you can continue to be hospitable toward them. And that was something that we really loved as a, as a, as a, um, like a principle. And our, our, the encouragement here for you guys is don't underestimate the power of hospitality. And our, the encouragement would be to start with your family. Start with that mealtime. We would consider it to be the kind of thing where once you start having meals together, it kind of just makes sense to bring someone else in. It's kind of like, hey, if you're like, I want to get my finances in order. The discipline to cultivate is to budget, right? Like the focus is let's budget. Let's do this. This discipline that we can cultivate will produce fruit in all these amazing ways in our finances. If you want to have a deep and intimate relationship with the Lord, like we, our encouragement to you would be like, hey, spend time with Jesus. Read your Bible. Put, your path, put yourself in the path of the Holy Spirit. That's the discipline to cultivate. And from that flows this fruit of having this intimacy with the Lord. And as far as, it come, as, far as uh, you know, meal times and hospitality, the discipline we would encourage you to cultivate is, yeah, having a family meal and seeing the fruit that that can bear out uh, in hospitality. Yeah. One thing I want to add on hospitality, and then we've got to wrap it up. Um, Becky discipled me in high school, and we would meet for weekly Bible studies, uh, and when I would show up and when I would do the reading that I was supposed to do, it was really great and gleaned a lot from it. Um, but what I'll say, the thing that I remember most about that discipleship time with Becky was her bringing me into their home. Um, what's that saying? Like, things are easier caught than taught. Mm. Um, Rhyme. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and... So hospitality, hospitality doesn't just have to look like inviting someone over for a meal. Hospitality there was Becky inviting me into their home and just me doing life with them and me watching how she interacted with her husband or spoke to her children or dealt with conflict. Um, and that was equally or more as impactful as yeah. the um, when we would sit down and have the Bible study time. Yeah. Um, and so just encouraging you guys in, you know, who, do you have a single neighbor that you can bring in yeah. and um, they can watch you parent with joy yeah. among the chaos or an older person um, who's maybe lonely, bringing them into your family and loving them. Um, yeah. yeah. So I would love to show two little clips and then, uh, and then we'll wrap up. We, we had we a, we way had a over section, we, I told you, we had a section on screen well, time. We, yeah. so it's a, if Tim decides, if Tim will listen to this later, hey Tim, uh, he's out of town. Um, if Tim listens to this and decides, he's, he's uh, going to let us know about next week whether we can continue this conversation or not. So we might continue this convo next week. We 
had a lot more to talk about, and then we got real wordy with things. Um, but here's a, I want to show a clip that, in my opinion, is like, this is to us the sweetest fruit of this idea of doing hard things with our family. Caleb, can you show that clip? Yeah, and look here. We're on a grown-up trail. Special. Yeah, how else does it make you feel? It makes me feel proud. Me too, buddy. Keep going. How adorable. I should have prefaced it by like, this was on one of the trails that we were hiking in Yosemite that was unbelievably strenuous. Like adults are dropping like flies on this. And it wasn't a trail we were planning on taking, but the one we wanted to take was closed. So we had to take this much harder trail. But coming down, and this was not scripted. Mary Wynn didn't like, he didn't say this. And then Mary Wynn was like, wait, 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 but say it differently. He just said it. She's like, how does it make you feel? Because Roe was like, this is a grown-up trail. Like, yeah, how does that make you feel? And for him to say, it makes me feel special. And how else does it make you feel? And for him, for him to be able to externalize, it makes me feel proud. When we talk about doing hard things with our family, the hope is that our kids would begin, that part of their liturgy would be, yeah, we do hard things as a family. And we do them together. We do them as a family. And when things get hard, when I experience adversity, I lean into the family. I find the family to be a source of safety, a source of comfort. The last clip I want to show you guys here um, is one of my favorite movies, uh, Remember the Titans. And there's a clip from this that I show all the time whenever I'm giving a talk or anything. And... um, I think it's really relevant to, to what we're talking about today. So let's let's uh, play it and then I'll. Turn it up. Sorry. Everything we're gonna do is change. We are changed. We're gonna change the way we run. We're gonna change the way we eat. We're gonna change the way we block. We're gonna change the way we tackle. How many of you have grabbed your kid like that before, you know, <laughs> like by the belt buckle? Um, I love that clip. We're going to change the way we eat. We're going to change the way we sleep. We're going to change the way we tackle. We're going to change the way we run. Notice that he doesn't just say, hey, we're going to change the way we score touchdowns. We're going to change the way we win state championships. The things that needed to change, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. We all know the story. But the things that needed to change, to change that culture, to change that school, to change kind of the liturgy of that, of that area, was blocking and tackling. It was how we sleep, how we eat, how we interact as a team. And my encouragement to you would be, we have nothing to offer you in terms of the Bob Goff, Love Does, 10-year-old adventure thing. What we do have to offer, I think, uh, to at least share about is that we've recognized that change is hard, not bad. Change is hard. It doesn't happen on its own. Sometimes it'll hurt. But it's worth the fight. And the question to you would be, are you willing are you willing to change? Are we willing to look at the, 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 what is normal in our lives and say, okay, what does God have for, for me and for my family in this? And then bridging the gap between where we are and where we feel God is taking us and being willing to go along with him in that. So um, we're gonna, 
wrap it there. And uh, I'm going to pray for us real quick because uh, we've got to run and go start playing music. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll announce something as to whether we'll be talking with you guys again next week. Next week, if we, if we do get the slot, uh, it's going to be much more interactive. I think it's going to be really fun. Totally. Um, so if you're someone who, uh, I'm just thinking of Charlotte Dunlap, who knows, oh, we're going to be talking to people. I'm not going to show up. <laughs> come back. Come back. It'll be good. I promise. I promise. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll be done. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for this time to be together. Thank you for families. Thank you for using, for using us, for using people, for using families in the scriptures um, to bring about change. God, we love you, and we want our hearts and our lives to align with your heart. So God, help us to just, help us to be humble, help us to be eager, Help us to give ourselves, show ourselves a lot of grace as parents and as people to love one another and encourage one another um, in all of this. And God, we pray that everything that we do and we say and we think, especially in our households, we pray that it would be glorifying to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Maybe we'll see you next week. Maybe. Maybe.